Support for this WXAV podcast is being provided by Bookies, new and used books. Located at 10324 Southwestern Avenue in Chicago. With a second location at 2015 Ridge Road in Homewood, Bookies specializes in new and used books. Their selection includes new releases, children's books, and bestsellers. For more information and upcoming events, please visit bookieschicago.com. You can also find them on Facebook by searching Bookies Chicago. This podcast is being brought to you by WXAV 88.3 FM and WXAV.com. WXAV, bringing the best podcasts to you. So just for the new people, I was wondering if you could introduce yourself and shout out your, your bandmates and just kind of what instruments you guys play during the live show. My name is Kelly Mayo. I play in Skating Polly with my sister Peyton Dickhorse and my brother Curtis Mayo. I primarily play this three-string bass I made when we play live, but I also play guitar, sometimes play keyboard. My sister Peyton plays guitar, bass, and drums. Curtis plays guitar and drums. <laughs> so, like, all your fans already know this. The great Skating Polly lore, I guess, is that you were nine and Peyton was 14, and then later down the line, uh, you guys added Curtis. And mm-hmm. the band has been a thing for like 10 years. Yeah, you're all siblings. So uh, I don't know. Is there anything else we need to, to add to that? We're an ugly pop band from Oklahoma. Because of uh, how long you guys have like been doing what you're doing, I was wondering if in comparison to other bands and musicians your age, do you feel like you move around and you tour around like easier? Like does the tour life ever feel normal or is there always that bit of hectic factor into the whole thing i feel like i mean i guess it depends on the tour it's various um it's kind of funny you mentioned that because the tour we're on now is one of the more hectic because the first half is in canada so the drive times were really long like all these canadian cities are very far we're playing a lot of shows like where we go on pretty late, but then the next day needs to be at the venue for load-in, like, really early. I think there were, like, four nights of this past week where we got less than four hours of sleep. It's been brutal. But, like, even that being said, like, the shows have been going really well. And we decided to make it a little bit more special and hectic on ourselves by bringing my new puppy oh, along. Oh, that's beautiful. He's a, yeah, touring the <laughs> states and Canada. That that puppy is like gonna be so cultured, like by the by the end of I don't it. Know. Yeah, he's much less family. Yeah, I don't know about compared to other bands. All right, I mean, honestly, we're kind of at an age now where I feel like there's a lot of bands that are our age that's not. Uh, I'm not going to say it's not notable, but I don't know. I don't know that it really is that notable, but, like, I'm 19, Peyton's 23, Kurt's, or 24. She's 24. I'm a bad sister. She it's just okay. woke up to tell me that. Um, and Kurt's 22. Like, I mean, you know, I mean, it's, it's cool. We're doing it. We're really young. But yeah, yeah. There's a lot of bands that age. But, um, yeah, I mean, we, I think we're definitely used to doing And I, I sometimes feel like, feel way more comfortable on tour alone. Like, I get, like, anxious whenever I'm home, like, and I'm not just constantly, like, shuffling for like sibling. There's definitely, like, post-tour depression. <laughs> I don't think it's necessarily, like, 
you know, a bad thing that you're saying, like, you know, other bands aren't, I guess, as big that are that are like our age? Because it's like when you think about it, you've been doing it a whole decade. Oh, that's not even what I was saying. I was just saying it's like not generally. I feel like at this point, like at the ages we're at now, if we wouldn't have started so young, I don't know how notable it would be that we are this age. There's a lot of bands this age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't I feel. like saying other bands that were bigger than every other band are. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't get that vibe from you at all. Well, now you have this random college radio DJ's permission to flex on all your other band friends, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, some, some mean text. This interview's over. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Text <laughs> yeah, for sure. About to roast the rest of the. Uh, Riot Fest, Bill. I have to ask you about that because, of course, that's the reason I get to to talk to you today. I know in the past you guys have said a venue is always, like, generally better than a fest. I think it was you who threw in, like, unless it's something like Riot Fest. Um, so I was wondering, like, is there <laughs> is is there something, like, special about the way that they accommodate you guys compared to playing, like, other festivals? I mean, honestly, yes. They just have, like, the best lineup. And some festivals, like, <laughs> you know, I'm sure you've probably seen follow any bands that, like, play festivals but aren't, like, a headliner of the festival. It's, like, it kind of can be a joke how how small your font is compared to, like, headliners. So, like, people, people have just kind of made, like, memes out of it. You are a small font band. Some festivals... Sometimes you really feel it, like that you're a small font band, like, oh, no, you don't get any converse because you're a small font band. Yeah. Like, no, you don't get a dressing room. Like, no, you can't be back here. Snoop Dogg is only having the big font bands hanging out over here um, or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't feel like Riot Plus does that. I feel like they do a really good job of I've gotten to uh, just go and watch some really cool sets from the side of the stage and. I'm, I feel really comfortable when we play, and also just chances are walking around at Riot Fest. If I catch anyone set, it's going to be good because their lineup is always so, so solid. And we feel really special for this to be like our third time playing it. And also, I mean, just, just playing festivals is like such a different thing than playing at a show because chances are most of the people walking around who catch you don't know who you are. So I feel like you have to, like, curate your whole set list differently and you know maybe they came and you, there's not a lot of like you can't have too much nuance to your set because you're tiny if, if someone's standing you know yeah. <laughs> really far away from you and you're this tiny thing you probably want to be uh, I try to flail around as much as I can when we play festivals because I just want to I want to be bigger than my five foot three self whenever we're playing a giant <laughs> yeah, I was wondering about that. Like, since the festival's aesthetic, I guess, is like a punk fest, I was wondering if uh, if you feel more in your element. Even a crowd that doesn't know of you guys that much, I think a, a Riot Fest crowd who's there to see, like, Slayer and Ween and so-and-so would, like, be more receptive of Skating Polly than, like, a crowd who's there to see, like, an A-list pop star. Not to, like, diss on anything, you know, but... <laughs> yeah. I'm always getting messages or people coming up to me in cities all over the country, sometimes out of the country, like saying that they saw us at Riot Fest. Because when we played in 2015, too, we did we did Denver and Chicago. 
yeah, I mean, it, we do. I, I feel like that that crowd gets us pretty well and stuff. And it's, uh, I mean, this year's lineup is really just incredible. Um, the fact that, like, it's Rafiki and uh, and Jack White and Patty Smith and Bob Mould and White Reaper. I mean, it's all these, like, bands that, like, are just an icon. <laughs> it's okay. It goes to be like sharing oxygen with. I know, like, you and Peyton, one of the main bands that you did bond over was, like, Bikini Kill. So I was just wondering, like, if you yeah. guys have uh, have played with them before and, like, if you guys, because you're op- the stage that, that they're playing and stuff. So I was wondering, like, if you guys have gotten to do that before or, like, if it's, you know, it's obviously probably a milestone for you guys as like a band and even just as as siblings i was just wondering about that yeah we actually we've never played with kathleen or kitty go or like or julie ruin or latika or anything but um she's been like a really awesome supporter on twitter <laughs> like she's a mm-hmm. few of our music videos and she's just said really nice things about us and i have you know, freaked out and cried happy tears when I saw that she was following us. <laughs> and I actually met her a really long time ago, like 2014, when one of our friends opened for the Jolly Ruin. And I, like, cried and I polarized with her and I gave her a CD. And I don't know if any of that stuff, like, stuck with her. Cause, like, when you're on tour, like, you can get in so many CDs. It's really hard to keep track of them, even if you really, like, want to. Mm-hmm. If you want to listen to all of them, it's just hard. Everything ends up getting lost. Yeah, yeah. That's... These past few years, she's been like sharing our music videos and been really, really cool to us. And we have the same publisher, mm-hmm. so uh, we were able to get to, like uh, go and see Bikini Kill live at, in Manhattan at Terminal Five and like go watch up with like the backstage people and uh, join us. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, the same. The same publisher definitely is cool. It's like, oh, I'm. I'm uh, in this class with my friend. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know my friend was in this class. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's. Uh... We have so many mutual friends. Yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah, it's really really cool. Yeah. And it, and it, honestly, I mean, who who my age? They not have had an impact on, but the White Stripes were a really really big, like influence on me and Peyton as well. Just being a two piece. Mm-hmm. And, like, we especially love their, like, live recordings. We loved how, like, you know, just kind of chaotic they were. Yeah. Um, so, the raconteurs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And, like, you know, the the big man Jack will be there, so. I guess. <laughs> it's not quite the White Stripes, but it's for yeah. sure. Uh, it'll it'll for sure uh, be something, I guess. That's um, really cool, too. Yeah. I don't want to ask like a generic question like about the songwriting process because I'm sure like at some point uh, you got to get sick of it. <laughs> but uh, I was wondering like the two singles that came out this year, like if you uh, consciously like approach those songs differently from the album that you put out last year or does it just feel like a supernatural musical progression to you guys? Um. Oof, I guess a little, <laughs> doesn't make any sense, but a little bit of both. 
Yeah, no, like, that totally makes sense. Um, like, I kind of just wanted it. I didn't entirely want to switch around the songwriting yet. Like, both of those songs still kind of feel... They're, just, they're only a few steps away from the Make It All show, in my mm-hmm. opinion. But I wanted to write one song that was very different from the Make It, Make it All show and that it was just, just really fun lyrics and not super deep and, like, sad and personal. Like, I just wanted it to be just, like, fun. And so I just wrote about this really fun, like, a wild night. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and that's what Playhouse was about. And then... um Flyer was kind of more like the Make It All Show in one sense because it was another just like diary entry pretty much type of song. It was the complete opposite of Playhouse because I made like Playhouse such a kind of conventional songwriting structure that I just kind of wanted to bang out and not overthink. I wanted Flyer to be like this really just like weird pieced together strange song. Mm Mm-hmm. And I wanted me and Peyton to rotate on the vocals on it and stuff. And then Peyton brought another piece to that song. So then it became even like more, I know, it feels like a collage song where there's all, there's all these different parts that keep like jumping back and forth. But that was just, yeah, it was just kind of about like how glum I'd been. Um, and stuff. So no, that's, that's fine. <laughs> I just wanted to package those songs together. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Let me let me just be super unprofessional and like add in that rotating like sister vocals are always like Lennon McCartney like good. <laughs> Aw, thank you. For sure. So earlier you said that you um, primarily like play the bass for live shows and stuff. Uh, I was wondering like when you approach songwriting like bass first. Does it feel like a weird, like, intentional thing that you do? Or, like, at one point, is it, like, I play bass, like, I, I write on my bass, like, this is, like, super normal? Yeah, it's pretty normal, honestly, because I kind of use my bass as a guitar. Like, I play chords on it. Yeah, like, and a lot of times, yeah, yeah, or, or Lou Barlow, or, uh-huh. yeah. So, I don't know, and I use pedals that are, like, guitar pedals. A lot of times, like, I'll, I'll put the lead, like, the solos and stuff on my bass, and I'll have Peyton play more bassy parts, like, you know, just, like, the basic chords on our guitar, or, or or the opposite. But I kind of think of, like, me and Peyton both on guitars, even though I am playing a bass. Yeah, more like... I don't really like writing on four-string bass that much. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes I do, sometimes I'm like, whoa, this is, like, a totally normal tuning, and it totally makes sense, and, like, why don't I always do this? It's so much easier to figure out stuff on. <laughs> But I kind of like my bass and that it's really tuned weird and there's only three strings and that I've known it forever and that it's my baby. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, it's, for me, I guess I'm just pretty used to it. Yeah. A lot of times I'll like write layers and stuff on my phone or I'll like, if I have it like pictured as a bass part, I'll come up with like, I'll like whistle a guitar solo over top. Yeah. Payton is so quick to figure out things on guitar. Um, and I'm, yeah. And she writes her own guitar parts and stuff too. And I think like us on those two instruments, we can work pretty quickly to come up with layers. Mm-hmm. We've yeah. been doing it for a while now. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. It's so funny, by the way, that you mentioned like adding on the phone because it's like that that Garage Band really be coming through when you're like trying to lay down an idea and stuff. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, I have so many phone demos. Uh-huh. I like I hold on to all of my old. Because I'm like, 
at some crazy part of my brain is like, well, I can't lose all those phone demos. Uh-huh. But like, I never, like, I never go and open up like an old cell phone. And I don't know how to transfer them to like a, a laptop. <laughs> like, so I just have like this like drawer in my house, like four like cracked up cell phones. Two of them have passwords that I have forgotten, so uh-huh. I can't even get into. But I like, I, I hold my phone demos very near and dear to my heart. Yeah, for sure. For someone who like, <laughs> for someone who doesn't know that, like, if someone's like, "Oh, where, where are the utensils or something?" and they accidentally open your like drawer of all phones, <laughs> and they're just like, "Okay, these have got to be burners for something illegal." Like, why do you have this? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Seriously. that's that's great. I'm like, I'm glad that's the like biggest thing I I learned today. <laughs> But, but yeah, I got to ask like about, uh, you and like your bandmates kind of listening, uh, to music together. Cause I know that's like a big thing that you and Peyton bonded over. And then like, I guess later when you added Curtis, like listening to music with him was like a big reason that you did it. So I was wondering, like, what role it still kind of plays for you guys, like, as a band, just, like, the listening party experience? And, like, if it does, uh, if there's, like, any artists or artists or albums, like, that the whole band uh, agrees with in particular? Yeah, um, it's a huge role. I mean, I feel like every tour we have, you know, it'd be, like, three to ten songs that we've heard a billion times on that tour, and we all love yeah and like whenever they come up on the next tour it's gonna forever remind us of that one tour Uh but yeah i mean music just holds such a like it's such a time capsule for all of us and we're always trying to show each other music because we're really familiar with each other's taste at this point so sometimes we show each other things like just to be like oh you're gonna hate this but i love it (laughs) and um, it's just so funny how well we know each other I would say stuff that we've all been really into. Um, we love the album. It's a, <laughs> it's like culture abuse, and it's called Daydream. We are obsessed with that record. On our last tour together, we couldn't stop listening to it. Yeah, I get that. Um, what else have we been really into lately on this tour? Funny on this trip, but mostly doing like podcasts. But uh, other albums. Other album. Um, Curtis showed me this song by Claro that we really, really uh-huh. like. And we've all been listening to. And this song by YB and Corday that we all really like. And we've been listening to the new Star Brothers song, Dead by Brain. We're obsessed with that song. I'm obsessed with that music video. Like, bands we've toured with, especially, like, it's hard because it makes us just feel like. I don't know. It like makes you happy and like remember all the good times with them, but it also makes you excited that you're like part of this history of music, like this thing happening right now, and you know that person, and they're making really exciting shit. So Charlie Bitless and Monster Watch and Starcrawler are all bands like for us. Another band we love. Let me think this through. Oh, I found this. Um, Matador Comp. We must have bought it forever ago. And it's a record in And uh, on the other hand, it has like Mechanormal and Blitz Fair 
and Helium and just like all these cool bands, like every track on it. Yeah. Like a banger. Yeah. Me and Curtis were just like loving that. And I'll admit, we kind of like the new Land of Del Rey. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's fine. Like Whatever. I I don't know. Uh, I I remember uh, not to be the interviewer who's like I saw in an interview, but like I I remember uh, you guys like kind of scolding Curtis and telling him like, hey man, there's a time and place for Captain Beefheart. Like it's okay, <laughs> it's okay to uh you know to like the the popular album. Like that's fine. Oh man! I, yeah. Yeah, Captain Beefheart. Uh, Captain, it's funny. Kurt like does such a good job. Just like I don't know, showing me like the weirdest, like craziest stuff, and it really does like open up my brain. That's uh-huh. why I think I have a short attention span, and where we're like weird, crazy, aggressive music, I can do like four songs of at the max, and then I have to hear something like incredibly poppy. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm really into that song by Rihanna S and M. I don't know why. I'm going through that song right now. It's always stuck in my head, and it's, like, so cheesy and poppy and, <laughs> and just stupid, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's getting probably well true. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to have those diverse influences and stuff. Like, that's what makes the, the albums, like, sound so good. I just, like... I don't think you mentioned it, so I, like, just have to, like, chime in and, and be selfish about it. But, like, I, I mean, maybe you guys can relate, but me and, like, one of my best friends, there was this, like, time period for, like, a couple months, for maybe, like, six months, where all we would listen to in the car was in the aeroplane over the seat all the way through. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. I've seen, me and Peyton have seen YouTube also tell about like nine times live all over the country. Wow, and beautiful. It's the closest we've ever been to like deadheads. It's, it's for me from like a hill. There should be a word for it because we have followed them around the country. Mm-hmm. We've got to meet them all and we've cried at their shows like countless times. Yeah. And I'm so obsessed with Elf Tower and yeah, that record is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, life-changing for sure yeah for sure totally outing ourselves as like those music people i guess but no like, indie people. <laughs> yeah yeah but it's like please put the tambourine face lady into smash bros like that album is too iconic <laughs> yeah my boss is uh making me ask this question about like <laughs> how college radio plays a role in, like, your guys' music, like, getting exposure and uh, and stuff like that? It actually really does. It actually has really helped um, in a lot of ways. Because we have a lot of older fans and stuff. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, we've had a lot of 21 Plus venues. I wish it wasn't that way. I wish more venues just weren't 21 Plus. I think it's such a bummer. Yeah. But a lot of the our younger fans who are, are like finding out about us and keeping up with us are like finding us on college radio stations, like or uh, recommending us to their friends who run a station, or you know, are interviewing us and stuff. And I just we've met so many cool people all over the country because of that, and it just makes me a lot happier that there still are like just younger people coming out to our shows. No diss against older people, but if it were my way, like, we wouldn't play so many 21 Plus shows and we could have, like, 
a lot. We tend to have a lot more like college students and younger people coming to our shows. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I totally. I know they're there, and it's thanks to people like you guys who are playing against and going against them. Yeah, well, thanks for thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you for making the the good tunes to play, and like they be sounding good on them formats, though. Um, <laughs> um. <laughs> thank you very much for listening to this WXAV eighty eight point three FM podcast. Be sure to visit our website wxav.com, for more information on your escape from ordinary radio.